Well, welcome everybody to the very first episode one of the Scrug Show. So the podcast, we're doing it over here with our our friends at Let It Fly Media. I'm so grateful for them to provide this uh, platform and this setting. And if anybody else wants to do a platform, do a podcast like me, you should come on over to Let It Fly Media. Today, we have a few things to talk about. We're going to talk about the quarantine, talk about what we've been doing over quarantine, how we've been adjusting, um, talking about opening back up, new plans. I have my friend Deanna Carter on the phone. I'm excited to have her. She and I have been best friends since we were probably 14. (laughs) So we have a lot of history. We're still very much like involved in each other's lives. And then we're gonna talk about something a little bit more serious, uh, police brutality and the things that have been going on lately in the news. So Deanna, hello. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on my very first show in the middle of the day. I'm so excited, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So how did you feel when the quarantine first happened? Um, I was a little nervous because I've, I've never been through a quarantine. I don't know what it means. (laughs) <laughs> to be quarantined. Um, mm-hmm. And then for me, I wouldn't say life has changed drastically. I um, have been one of the fortunate ones to be able to continue to work during this quarantine. Mm-hmm. So so my, my day-to-day schedule is, is pretty much the same aside from like outside activities that um, I would normally do. Right. Well, I would say with me, the biggest issue, the biggest thing that I went through was I wasn't going to court every single day, all day. So I was so used to doing that. Mm -hmm. And I actually love it. The adjustment to not having to do that. And then we we have court over WebEx and it's several other different um, technical forms, uh, formats. Now, I will say that I've had some issues because the legal profession is one of the main ones that are like, it's archaic, meaning there's mm-hmm. not a lot of technology. There's not a lot of forward thinking. And mm-hmm. um, none of the courts in Missouri, because that's where I practice, none of the courts in Missouri really were equipped to switch, you know, to virtual. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we already should have had that capability. And um, all the municipal cases were just literally taken away, like no municipal cases, period. Like we haven't had a municipal mm. court since early March. And we're probably not going to have it until August and probably later than that. Now wow. The, yes. Now, the circuit so, courts. So oh, I, I guess with the, municipal, with the municipal courts and things like that, how are these people handling their, their cases? They're like not handling it. That's what I'm saying. They're like pushing everything. And the one of the things that is going on is some of the prosecutors are like, hey, can we settle this before court? Because we don't want the the um, the courts to have, you know, super, super big dockets. And I'm to be honest, because I'm a prison abolitionist, I uh-huh. think that honestly, the municipal court should just dismiss all the cases mm. because. Right now, it's going to be impossible to schedule every single case that was scheduled in one month. It's literally going to we're going to be in court for 24 hours in one day. (laughs) And um, it's just simple infractions like speeding, not having insurance, different things like that. And Mm -hmm. the city, I'm in Kansas City and the city is, you know, funded off of that. And I just feel like. If the city really cares about its citizens and, 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 and wants to help them. You know, they're saying, oh, we care about jobs. We care about this. Well, 
eliminate all of these, just dismiss every case that is in the municipal court and let's start over mm-hmm. after the pandemic because it's a mm. global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I consider it the same as if there was a big devastation with a tornado or if there was a big de- devastation with an earthquake or a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. are we continually, you know, pushing this? And as far as circuit courts, uh, we have been doing, like I said, online courts, and it's been a lot of technical issues. A lot of attorneys haven't been able to log on. It's just been crazy. So my job has uh, changed drastically. My home life has changed dra- drastically. My kitten, Batman, is annoyed Aww. that we're Thank at home you. all the time. <laughs> and he is over it. He's like, can y'all go? Like, sis, did you get fired? Like, I thought you owned your own firm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now he's used to it. Now he loves it. Uh, but one of the big things that I like about quarantine, not the pandemic, but quarantine is it gave me time to think and mm-hmm. really, really say what is really holding me back from what I really want to do. Mm. What do you think? What do you think ment- mentally or, you know, has your mentality changed since the quarantine? I would definitely say so. I think that anybody uh, – coming out of this quarantine will have a different perspective on life, right? You've had Mm -hmm. some time to kind of just sit with where you are in life, right? Mm -hmm. Because all of the outside distractions have been turned off. When you talk about being able to, you know, go down the street to a bar or restaurant or a club or um, somewhere to kind of just distract you from doing some of the things that you said you wanted to do about thinking some, about thinking about some of the things, um, that you, you did or you want to do, it's, it's the distractions are very limited. Now, of course, social media still exists and you can spend hours on that too, but eventually you scroll through your timeline and you see the same thing over and over again, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so you start to say, okay, so, there's only so much Netflix you can watch. There's only so much, you know, like I said, social media. There's only so much that you can do to continue to distract yourself. Mm. And so it then forces you to say, okay, well, what else can I do? What else do I like? Right. Mm. So, you know, this time I've been taking, I've been doing a lot of audio books, just using that time to to start learning. Um, I have started to um, take classes to to get my real estate license. Um, I know I'm so, so excited. It's definitely taking longer than I anticipated, (laughs) but I'm, I'm still pushing forward, still going for it. Um, it's something well, that I've been wanting to do for a while. Well, do you think that you would have taken the real estate class if if the pandemic didn't happen? Because didn't you already sign up? Or are you just saying you got energized? I it? signed up right right around when the the quarantine happened. Like oh, okay. literally, like during that same maybe first week or two of quarantine, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just go for it. Like I'm gonna just why not and. I didn't know what this pandemic was going to do to the state of real estate. Now, I've always loved real estate. I mean, right. growing up, my mom was a, a, a realtor. My dad owned. Yes, shout out to Miss Carter. I know. <laughs> um, my dad owned investment properties. So growing up, it wasn't like real estate wasn't, you know, in my upbringing. I, I, my uncle owns properties. My cousin just flipped. Um, so real estate has always been kind of instilled in me and, so I've always been interested in it. You know, for the last couple of years, I've been studying and learning about investing and things like that. And I mm. think that for me to switch careers, I need something a little bit more career-like until I'm ready to be a full-on entrepreneur. I think that, you know, we are in this 
uh, day and age where everybody's saying, you know, build your own business, be an entrepreneur, but they don't realize what all comes with being an entrepreneur. It's easy to say something on the internet. And it's another thing to be it in real oh, life. Oh, yeah. People just talk. I, definitely. <laughs> I feel like I feel the same way. Obviously, I've had dreams and goals and different things and I've been able to do them. But a lot of people don't know because the dreams. So once you hit a goal and once you hit one of your dreams, now you have a new one. And mm-hmm. the new goals and the new dreams and the big the big ideas that I've had. While I have taken steps to make them happen, I was not consistent enough to make them happen. Mm. And I was not, I don't think I had the dedication, um, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I've been spending so much time on my law firm, so much time on planning uh, media, different things, uh, meeting meeting, uh, individuals from Let It Fly Media, Billy. (laughs) Shout out to Billy. (laughs) But um, he he was helping me with, with something for another project and then he suggested that I come and do this and honestly I've been wanting to do a podcast or do something ongoing weekly for so long but I haven't been able I to do know. it but I mean I, I have I've started and stopped and started and stopped <laughs> but oh I know being but the your quarantine... friend for as long as I have I, I <laughs> seen, seen the... you literally blossom in these last couple months so I'm yeah so the quarantine pushed me to really <laughs> say what is holding you back Natasha mm-hmm. Monique mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the a big shift that I've made is I have coaches for multiple things now mm-hmm. before so my, my law firm's two years old this month and um, I was going at it solo dolo and I thought I'm smart I'm a lawyer it's lit yep. <laughs> like, my, like most entrepreneurs, they yeah. say, oh, I can do it. You know, you think entrepreneur, you think, like you said, solo. Yeah, that. solo, exactly. And But at the same time, as you know as well, I have invested into different things, different companies to try to help me. But I haven't yeah. found really that groove. And what I think I did was over the quarantine, I sit and think about all the excuses that I've made all the uh, threats to my goal, all the, the the things that I need help on. And I mm-hmm. realized that I don't have to be perfect to accomplish these things. And I don't have to be proficient in every single area. I just need mm-hmm. to know exactly what my weaknesses are and fill those gaps. So because of that, I was able to get a coach in every area of my life. And mm. that has really, that's really been the big change, like monumental like my social media is up, my 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 uh, engagement is up on my website. I have uh, a new product, a new project that I just put out, a virtual top shelf virtual, where I'm doing educational programs. And to mm-hmm. be honest, I've always wanted to do this. Well, f- right now I have on my Future Lawyers Camp shirt from like 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, I've done the Future Lawyers so Camp for four years. Teaching is not new for all those <laughs> who are listening. She's yeah. been doing this. She's so been silly. she's been this has been her 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 path for a long time. <laughs> My biggest oh. thing was I was unable to scale. So the mm-hmm. so everything is virtual now. Everything is virtual now. So it's no reason for me to not reach people all over the world with the yeah. stuff that I'm teaching. When I was doing my future lawyers camp, I had to limit it because number one, I had to, I had to clear my caseload for a week. Mm-hmm. I had to go and, and dedicate a week, which is very, I love it. I mean, I'm going to do it next summer. This summer, mm-hmm. obviously it's not happening, but um, I still like doing that. But I thought, what if I can offer this, the, the teachings and the knowledge that I have that, that I am an expert in to people 
it from all walks of life in all areas. Right. So that's and why I, I started that. you because it technically is happening this summer. You're doing it virtually. Yeah, it's, so. <laughs> but the physical one. I like being right. around the kids. The ki- kids are so smart. Like, when I did the Future Lawyers Camp, they can literally learn a case from start to finish. They can draft arguments. And they can they can cross-examine. I mean, they're just... I love seeing the minds of kids, and I think that there's a very big gap between yeah. what we're teaching them in schools and what is reality. And mm-hmm. I don't think that people are really honing in on their uh, on their skills. And that's another thing when I say coaching. If, yeah. if, 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 we, if we really cultivated their, the young minds, then everything would be different. And so when I created yeah. the Future Lawyers Camp, I thought what I wanted in middle school, what I wanted in high school, I mm-hmm. knew I was going to be a lawyer at age five. So I would have benefited from something like that. Um, there right. was none. There was none available. And then when I created uh, the law lab for the for the new top shelf virtual company, I created what would I want in high school, what would I want in college, and what I wanted mm-hmm. in law school, and what I wanted after law school. So there's several tiers to that, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so tonight, I'm actually uh, doing a webinar for that. Uh, obviously, you guys are going to see this after. But the webinar, when I dropped the information, I got an overwhelming amount of people saying, oh, my God, I've been looking for something like this. I couldn't wait. I've always wanted to be a lawyer. I never knew. And I went through that, and I had to really, you know, scour the Internet and just mm-hmm. research and go to the library and I did that because number one, I'm a nerd. So I like to re- research everything and I just want to know mm-hmm. everything about everything. Number two, <laughs> my gra- my grandpa kind of instilled that in me because like, you know, Deanna, he did go to law school for one year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he was unable to finish uh, for a lot of different reasons. Not because of mm-hmm. the, the, the education, not because of the, um, the difficulty level. And um, my grandpa, when he was in college, before he took his ma- before he had his master's degree, he was selling encyclopedias door to door. And um, when he was doing that, he he actually experienced some racism when he was doing that, and mm. he only did it for a day. Ain't that funny? Like he thought that he was gonna make all this money, but the first day he went to somebody's door and he said that somebody in the neighborhood said there's an N word in the neighborhood, and oh, get a rope. This is in like 1960. Like I don't even know mm-hmm. when this was. <laughs> right. Uh, probably like 1965 or something. And they said get. And he was in uh, Illinois. And they told him, they said, get a rope. And then the person that the person's house that he was at said, no, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make sure that, you know, nothing happens to you. And that was my grandpa's last day on that um, job. However, because he took that job, he was able to get an extensive record of encyclopedias. Mm. And these encyclopedias have were in the home that I grew up in. And so my grandpa always said, anytime we asked him a question, he would never let us just ask him a question. He would say, did you look it up? And I would say, no. And he would say, well, go look it up. Go to the encyclopedia and look it up. I'm like, oh, my God. So do you think that kids and and people in general this day and age, it's funny, I told you I was reading audio books, and one of the books I'm reading is literally uh, called Deep Work. And Mm -hmm. it's about critical critical thinking, about removing distractions and focusing in on whatever task, whatever question, whatever problem you're solving. Mm -hmm. So do you think that that was the foundation of you being able to think critically and to, to go and, and search for things for yourself yes. to find your own answer? Yes, because that's, like I said, my grandpa, that 
that's exactly what he does. He still does that to this day. If I call him and ask him a question, he's not going to send me a one one sentence answer. He's going to send me an extensive answer. He's going to send me pictures. He's going to send me links. He that's how he taught my mother and her siblings and that's how he mm-hmm. taught us. And uh because my, my mom had me at 18 and she was the oldest, I grew up with her siblings as if they were mine and so all of us kind of grew up the same way. And mm-hmm. um my uh, my uncles, my my uncles who um act just like my grandpa, they really taught me to question everything. They said question everything. Like they wouldn't even let us watch Pocahontas. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if we watch a Disney show, they like Tasha, why they put that in there? Why did they put that in the in the thing? That doesn't look right. Wait, wasn't that they, they were oppressing the Native Americans? They weren't they weren't bad buddies. And I'm like, oh, can I just watch Pocahontas? <laughs> but but I but now I'm the same way. I'm the I'm the friend that's like, look at that. That's yep. that's propaganda. And they're like, yep. uh, <laughs> I'm just watching. I'm just watching a show, Natasha. Right. <laughs> this isn't <an> educational. <laughs> so. Um, that's exact. I mean, I definitely think that that's why I'm like that. I know that that's why I'm like that. And I know that I I know a lot. I have like a lot of like random knowledge <laughs> because, <laughs> because I've been reading encyclopedias and dictionaries and books like my mom. <laughs> yeah, my mom like used to go to the uh, library and give me a big box. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I used to fill the box with books, read every single box, read every single book and be like, mommy, please. So I'm like, that's what I'm saying. I'm that type of nerd. So with the law lab, they're going to get all the nerdy knowledge that I have obtained, including coaching. They are going to get we're going to get experts in every single sector of becoming an attorney to come Mm -hmm. in. I mean, it's just an amazing opportunity for anybody. Mm -hmm. And then the other program, the one that you signed up for my level up program, it's, it's similar to what I'm talking about because it's like you need, there are things that are going on in your life that you can control. And there's things that you can't control the Mm -hmm. things that you can control. You need to get coaching to become better at it. And Mm -hmm. you need to like, hone in on your skills that are good and the things that you're not good at, you need to get help. Yep. So I, I, I really, I really, I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited to help business owners and people who want to go back to school and people who want to, people who've been through things and just everything. I'm just very, very excited to be a part of that. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what, you know, like you, went through because I know you like I said these programs are I know are going to be amazing and let me be clear on this for all the people who are listening you know when I support my friends and family you know especially as um, black businesses you know we tend to to look for the discount we tend to look for the the easy way right Mm mm-hmm and and so when she says, "Oh, I signed I signed up for your level up program," do understand that I'm I'm paying customer just like anybody else who is going to be attending, you know, her level up program. Because if ever there was a reason to invest my money in something or someone, it's someone that I already know and I truly believe in, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that when you start talking about, you know, your level up program and things that you've been through, right? They're yeah. going to be able to fully get to know you and, and the experience that you're going through and you went through. 
because leveling up isn't just the okay i made it here Mm-mm. and i'm good Mm-mm. right it's uh it's i'm here and i keep i want to keep going forward because life is about growth yes. right um and, and in this program she's going to be teaching you how once you reach that goal that doesn't mean that you have to say okay i reached my goal and i'll see you later because guess what you're going to want more eventually you're going to have that desire for more eventually and it's and this program is going to teach you how to keep going how to keep pushing forward it's going to give you that guidance and i yeah. think that uh your background and, and everything that you've been through um is a testament to that yeah the level up program is so much deeper than just le- just obtaining physical things or or, or or hitting certain notches or crossing off something on your list you have mm-hmm. to mentally emotionally physically level up you have to level up in all areas and that's why mm-hmm. we address that in that program um and uh, a lot of people right now want to level up and they, they want to feel better because today, mm-hmm. especially today, um, uh, people are been people are kind of upset on, on the Internet. People are upset mm-hmm. throughout the world because in the last, I would say, week, there's been like a bunch of issues going on with police brutality. And there's been like people just feel helpless and they don't feel like life is mm-hmm. worth living i've just i've been yeah. seeing so i've been seeing a range of emotions from everybody and yep. um i think that this is the perfect time for that uh speaking of police brutality uh, one of my uncles that i was talking about i had two mm-hmm. uncles that i grew up with was actually killed by the police in 20 2008 and i was 17 he was 29 which i'm 29 now um mm-hmm. obviously that shaped a lot of things that i did moving forward in um in my legal career uh Mm -hmm. and also pushed me to move forward now the issues that we had in that case and i did the same nerdy thing that i do in my whole in my regular life as a 17 year old i went online i i went to the library i started studying and what i noticed was that a lot of the police brutality cases they don't the issues are number one Obviously, the police in and of itself, the institution of police has issues. And mm-hmm. a lot of people argue that it should be abolished. But mm-hmm. even if even if the police department wasn't abolished and even if the police, the police institution was still here, mm-hmm. they have uh, put in place certain policies and procedures mm-hmm. that have that are not followed in these police brutality cases. And I want to mm-hmm. know what are your thoughts about that? Like, what are your thoughts about if there if there is a policy on like with my uncle uh he was tasered and there was there's mm-hmm. a policy on how long you can taser somebody and they like mm-hmm. they like tased him 10 times that amount mm-hmm. um what and and with Brianna Taylor um they came and I think that was was that Min- no that was um was that Minnesota I can't even remember what city that was or what state but they came um, they I think that was in Minnesota yeah mm-hmm. but I know that they came into her home because they thought that they said that they thought that her home was someone else's home, which the people who they were actually trying to arrest had already been arrested. So the policies and procedures are when there's a warrant out, there are certain, you know, funnels that the information has to go to to make sure right. that everybody knows, OK, we 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 just arrested these people. Right. Then whoever dispatched them and called them to the wrong home, the wrong address. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's a that's a broken policy. Mm-hmm. Then when they came into the home, 
they busted in and then they started shooting. I think they shot. I'm if I believe, I think it was twenty times for her. Um, um but it was a lot of times. Basically, they shot her and her and her boyfriend Kenneth Walker actually shot at them multiple times. Didn't kill them, but they arrested him for um, attempted murder and something else. But so that's that. Those are a lot of policies and procedures that were broken in that, and also excessive force. And um, with Ahmad Arbery, uh, obviously that wasn't police, but it looked like the police tried to cover that up and and mm-hmm. and not release certain things. Mm-hmm. And then um, the one that everybody's talking about today, George Floyd, right. uh, where the officer had his foot on his neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely looked those up today. Looked up the that department's policies and procedures because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't tripping cuz I'm like mm-hmm. I know that you're not supposed to do that. I know it's right. wrong, but I even want I like I want to point out I want to tell you exactly where you had me messed up at, okay? <laughs> so, I'm looking at I I'm agree. like he used a restraint technique uh that was not a part of the training, that was not mm-hmm. allowed in the training. He mm-hmm. and and he he left it on there long. So, what is your thoughts just generally about this? So, I'm going to do it from two different sides. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it from my my career side and I'll do it from my personal uh, Okay. Opinion. Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead and say your credentials, <laughs> baby girl, because people might not know. What's your credentials, honey? What what, poli- what, so, what, what, what What's your career side? <laughs> so, I have my degree in mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. I am an operations manager for a, a Fortune 500 company. Okay. Um, Go ahead. And say that. Working there. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. How many people do you met? How many people are under you, honey? <laughs> okay. So on a, in, on any given day, I am managing anywhere between seventy five to one hundred um, employees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So you know about these policies and procedures. Yes. Okay. So, from the career side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever one of my team members do they, they don't follow policy, they mm-hmm. don't follow procedure. Mm-hmm. There are consequences um, mm. that are already lined up. So anytime that I hold anybody accountable for doing anything, um, I always refer to the policy and procedures handbook. There is a direct correlation between what you did or did not do properly mm-hmm. and why I'm holding you accountable. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so just so they have a clear understanding, because when 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 the timber members come in, everybody goes through an onboarding. Right. Yes. Every job you, you go to, you have a training, you have an onboarding, you got an HR portion where they give you a handbook. They tell you the policies. They tell you the requirements of your job. They mm-hmm. tell you what your responsibilities are and what you should do. They tell you how much you make to do it. And you sign on the dotted line and you say, I agree to these terms. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Being that you agree to these terms, when you do not follow these things, there are consequences, just like anything in life. There are consequences to these actions or inactions, right? Right. And I feel like in these instances where there was blatant misconduct, right? Mm. Um, ne- neglect of job duties, um, and, and, and policies and procedures not followed, there should definitely be accountability. Now, right. when I hold people accountable to the extent of sending them home because they are no longer able to be here, they do not get paid for that. Right. Okay. Right. Now I know not that everybody. Paid leave. I know that everybody has their own. Every every job has their own policies and procedure handbook. But where I come from, 
If you can't do your job and you at home because you can't do your job, you don't get paid for that. Mm-mm. So in, in my personal opinion, now we're going into my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. These officers of the law who are in uniform to protect and to serve the community that they are in, mm-hmm. when they are not doing at bare minimum protecting and serving, you should not be getting paid. Right. So when there's a question of misconduct, when there's an investigation happening, you should not be getting paid. Mm. So if they come back and say, well, based off of these facts or uh, based off of this investigation, you know, you were deemed, you know, we, you, we're not holding you accountable for it. We can, we can then go back and say we will back pay you. But while right. you're investigating, you while don't you're just in the get process, paid. You don't just get paid. Right. You don't just get to go on vacation. Let's be clear on this. This is vacation. You're yeah, at home. It is vacation. You are not doing your job. You're not doing anything to be paid for. You should mm-hmm. not be getting paid because your 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 conduct is in question. Just like when they hold people in jail. They don't get their freedom because their innocence is in question. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And it's I'm glad you I'm thing. glad you're breaking that down, Deanna, because I feel like a lot of people think that even though I don't really care about people's opinions in that, but a lot of people don't understand that when we break down the police brutality stuff, we're critically looking at everything. We're not just saying, Oh, bad guy, bad guy. We're literally outlining everything that they did wrong and what they, and what the error was and how the error is ongoing and how there's zero accountability. And like you said, it's a slap in the face to have them on, you know, paid leave or sometimes they do get terminated you know, after the fact. Right. I think I want to have this discussion uh, next time uh, when we when we come in, because uh, right now, well, I will say uh, just to sum it up, Kenneth Walker, <clears throat> which is Brianna's boyfriend, he all his charges were dropped, thankfully, but he shouldn't have even gotten charged with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the two men with the Armad Arbery situation. And if you guys don't know, look it up. But basically a, a, a black man was curious about a uh home that is that is in the process of being built and he uh just went inside looked at it and and left and the Mm -hmm. homeowner said that he saw him on the camera he didn't even you know he didn't he didn't a lot of people thought that the homeowner called the police or called those guys to do that and he said i would never do that i don't even know them so Mm -hmm. it was some random guys outside they saw him they called i think they called the police they chased him down they shot him and killed him two times in the chest Mm -hmm. one time in the wrist on camera and then the latest one we just talked about that i just think that um and and then with the guys who who shot and killed ahmad the police department violated a lot of policies and procedures in Mm -hmm. in in investigating that and Mm -hmm. uh, obviously they weren't arrested they weren't charged anything so Mm -hmm. i think next time i want to talk about i want to go deeper into kind of the facts of the case and what i think and also what you think and and what we think could could happen how we could you know impact the change in this obviously we're from st louis i just said uh my my family was a victim of this um Mm -hmm. and we're we're very familiar and right now there are quote-unquote riots going on um after george floyd situation Mm -hmm. people are upset people are angry and you know yeah people have a right to be angry uh, is it's not normal so 
Yes. Thank you for uh, coming on because, you know, this is your off day, so you don't have to work. But I, I really appreciate you coming on, talking to me. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for having me. I, I truly enjoyed it. <laughs> well, have a good day, Didi. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.